Bulletproof Radio, a state of high performance. You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash Dave for a seven-day free trial. Everyone's talking about red light therapy beds, and for good reason. There's a company called ARRC LED that's building an entirely new class of LED devices. ARRC LED beds integrate proprietary scanning technology and frequency protocols to shape the delivery of six different wavelengths in dose-optimized photobiomodulation. Yes, that's a lot of words. What it is, though, is that photobiomodulation improves the underlying energetics of the cells in your body. And those changes can benefit nearly every tissue and organ and system in your body. You change your cells and you change your life. For more information, visit ARRCLED.com. Today's cool fact of the day is that Lyme disease gets its name from Old Lyme, Connecticut. Back in 1975, about three years after I was born, a woman brought an atypical cluster of pediatric arthritis cases to the attention of Yale researchers. And a couple years later, those Yale researchers identified those clusters as Lyme arthritis because it was from Lyme, Connecticut. In 1982, they discovered Borrelia, the bacteria that causes Lyme disease, and the first brochure about Lyme disease was developed by the Arthritis Foundation. I don't know when I got Lyme disease, but I know I had arthritis in my knees when I was 14 that was diagnosed, had joint problems for a long time, and had very, very carefully diagnosed Lyme disease that was a major factor in making me sick. I think it was second to toxic mold, but Lyme disease has been a major issue for me, which is why that's a cool fact of the day and why today's guests are super cool. Lyme disease is basically endemic right now. Like it's a major, major issue. So we're going to talk about Lyme. We're going to talk about what happens when you get Lyme. And we're going to talk about what happens when people around you get Lyme because different things happen to different people. And it's a much bigger issue than you might think it is. What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD+, and that helps you make energy, it helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well, and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD plus levels start to drop. The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. They help your body make more NAD+, even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD+. Check out Qualia NAD Plus risk-free for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash Dave15 to save an extra 15%. 
That's neurohacker.com slash Dave15, Qualia NAD+. It's what I use. Today's guests are the founders of Lime Less Live More, and they're friends. I've known them for quite a while and supported their work because helping people understand how just sneaky this stuff can be is, is really important. There are millions of people walking around with Lyme who just don't know it. And when you realize that that might be something that's preventing you from working at your full potential, something that's making you struggle when things are supposed to be easy, it's really, really helpful to understand these things. And that's why we have today's guests. I'm talking about none other than Dana Walsh and Brent Martin. Welcome. Thank you, Dave. Dave. How long have you guys been doing Lime Less and Live More? Like I've emailed about your stuff to people who are on the, the list, but I don't think that you know, we've had a really good chance to, to share this. So how long have you been doing it and why do you talk about Lime so much? Well, we it's been about two years and um, we both have a, a Lime story. You know, Brent, 10 plus years. Yeah. I'm going on 15. Okay. Um, I was in, I can tell you the story of how we met. It's really fun. Yeah, let's let's do it. So were there ticks involved? I'm hoping. No, it wasn't like <laughs> that no. That was the backstory. That was that was <laughs> yeah. That was exactly that came before. Um, I was in a documentary called Under Our Skin, which was about Lyme disease and the untold story of Lyme disease. And they followed me when I was on tour with you two, very very sick with Lyme, and I knew I had it, but I was lost in the treatment abyss, and I kind of ran out of money and ran out of dreams, and I got invited to go on this tour. So I went, and then a filmmaker... So on tour with you two? With you two. Okay. Not you two, but you two. Like like these rock stars. Yeah. All right, that's pretty amazing. Well, because I had been working as a producer in the music business, and then I got invited to do their VIP parties. Now, I was already very sick at this point. Like I said, I ran out of money, and this was a dream come true, and I'm like, I'm going to do it. Sick as a dog. I mean, I just, I was out there with fevers. I was trying to hide the sweat dripping down, you know. I had vertigo. The name of the tour was Vertigo. (laughs) Not funny in my book. But um, I did it for four months, and I'm glad I did. And then they, filmmakers, followed me to meet Dr. Klinghart, whom I eventually moved up there to treat with. Uh, for about Dr. Klinghart, for people listening, he's, he's a kind of a well-known guy in alternative medicine. Yeah. He was in Moldy, uh, uh, my documentary about toxic mold, and just uh, one, of those, uh, one of those guys who knows an incredible amount, specifically about Lyme disease. Um, he was at the dinner table the first night I had dinner with the woman who's now my wife, and we were talking about Lyme disease more than 10 years ago. Wow. Um, I actually shared a room with him once at A4M. So he, he's one of those guys who just knows weird stuff. <laughs> and that's why we love Indeed. him. That's why we love him. And that's why he gets people well. So, um, again, so they, they followed me up to meet Dr. Klinghart and then move there. So I treated with Klinghart for three years full-time, and that means every day at the clinic, all day, back and forth. Um, and then I was well enough to move back to the Bay Area, and I was kind of uh, in this weird space of not wanting to talk about Lyme anymore. You know, you kind of get yourself out of that hole and it was like I don't really want to relive that but I got to a point because a lot of people wanted to talk to me after seeing oh, yeah. the film and the amount of the, the amount of people that needed help was just it was flooring me but I wasn't ready and then I just got to a point I'm like wait I don't have to talk about Lyme disease specifically I want to talk about what comes with it and how to heal because we know it's not just Lyme disease it's so much more that comes with it mold 
and then the backstory of you know traumas and things that happen to people. Um, so, so in that time, I was in a meditation. I went to a retreat, and I got very still, and I said to the universe, "Bring my partners and allies on this next project, whatever it is." And I got home, and there was an email uh, introducing me to Brent Martin, and saying. You two are up to the same things, and you're going to make make things happen in the world. That's absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty incredible. <laughs> and so you had Lyme. Do you know how you got it? I don't know. You know, I had. I'll tell you. I had a mysterious. I was living in Colorado. I had a mysterious rash on my toe, and then a straight line. You know, went up my leg, and I went to the ER, and they gave me antibiotics for a week, and it cleared up, no problem. It was two weeks after that that my whole life turned upside down and I was just feverish pain head to toe. Wow. I mean, head to toe, just inferno of pain. It, it's, it's one of those things where uh, it, people don't necessarily correlate what's going on. Yeah. A- and I never knew what it was like to not have like pain in my muscles and joints and brain fog and fatigue and bad digestion. And the fact that I was actually... That we knew I had toxic mold sensitivity, but not to the extent that I'd been poisoned and that my symptoms were correlated there. But we did the advanced Lyme testing, and uh, my wife, Dr. Lana, and I actually ran a medical lab testing company. So we did the normal tests, and then we did like very species-specific tests for whether you have an active Lyme infection or not, whether it was European or American strain. And I have like the American Lyme, and I had it for a long time, and it was an active infection. And it, it really was part of what was just trashing my energy all the time. Yeah. And just like you, you, know, you had this dream job. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, let's make cloud computing. Like, let's make the Internet actually work. I'm at, like, the company where Google's first servers had been installed, like, where Hotmails, all of their servers were there. Like, you know, Yahoo, MySpace, remember those guys? All of their yeah. stuff was, wow. like, in our buildings. And 40% of the Internet traffic flowed over the network of this company where I was, like, like doing product stuff. Like, I was attending board meetings and all. Feeling like that. Feeling like crap. I know, it's unreal. And, and, it's, and it's, it, it's terrifying because I'm like, my brain's not working. A lot of the time, it's just not, I'm, I'm so exhausted, but I'm, I'm going to, actually, that's how I discovered smart drugs. I'm like, okay, I'm going to make my brain work. I don't care what it takes. I'm just going to yeah. do it. Yeah. So I did. Um, and to try and explain to people, like, actually, everything I'm doing requires a huge amount of effort. Like, it's a struggle. Uh, and maybe it's not for you. And like, you know, there's a reason I'm not having beer because I want to actually function tomorrow at work because it, things that little things that maybe don't make most people noticeably weak, if there are little chinks in the armor. Yeah. But for someone who is dealing with excessive toxins from an infection like that, it, it like those matter more. And that's why I'm aware of those things and why even for healthy people, like stop doing those little things that make you weak and you're okay. Mm-hmm. When you look at, at like what you... What, what was documented under... Uh, was under, under our skin? Under our skin. Like, under my skin? Your yeah, skin? Yeah, no, your skin. skin. Right. <laughs> Everyone's skin. A lot of skin. So, so um, under our skin. Yeah. Uh, you documented like your struggle with that. Uh, um, in Moldy, I went out and found a dozen people who had almost identical symptoms to Lyme disease. Yeah. These were people who had mold in their houses. And there's this huge correlation where if you have mold and you had Lyme in your body, the Lyme is likely to get worse because the toxins are synergistic. They're, they're biochemically very similar. Yeah. And we know like 28% of people are genetically way more susceptible to those mold toxins. And those are the same people who are going to get sick and stay sick from Lyme. Hmm. Uh, so when you look at under our skin, you look at moldy, you see these people who are like trashed. And what most people don't understand is like I was trashed at that level 
you, you're unable to regulate your emotions. And I, I remember there was a time where I'm working for this absolute just gem of a guy, the guy who taught me how to like lead and just this level of integrity and amazingness in even in a company culture that wasn't very good. Um, his name was Peter. And he had just in, in a team meeting at a team where I was the first team member and we built this team. We hired some of my students from a program I used to run at the University of California and we're growing like a strategy team at this incredible company. And he says, Dave, I'm going to make you a team leader, which is like, holy crap. Wow, I was yeah. having a really bad morning, right? Like mm -hmm. I was zombified. And instead of saying like, all right, you know, I'm going to do right. Like, thank you. What I said was, oh, I know what team, I was like, what a dick move. I'm like, I know what, <laughs> like, I know what team leader means. Um, it means, uh, it means that you don't get paid more and it means a lot more work. Like, gee, thanks. But okay. What, like and the opposite of how I am today, like when I'm in full control of my <laughs> faculties and afterwards to his credit, uh, instead of being like, Hey, F you, like you're out of here, which is what some managers would have done. Peter sat me down and goes, Dave, like you did that in front of the whole team. Like, you know, that, that was, that, that's a career move for you. Like what's going on instead of like, you're a jerk. It was like, something's wrong. Yeah. And I thought about it. I'm like, Oh, you know, I have chronic fatigue syndrome because that's what I'd been diagnosed with and fibromyalgia and a bunch of other stuff. Right. And I'm like, so I guess I'm just, you know, having a bad day. Like, that's just how it is. Da, da, da. But that was, you know, lack of ability to control my emotions. Very yeah. common when you have these oh. toxins in your prefrontal cortex. Yeah. A couple of years after that, I did my spec scan with uh, Dr. Amen. I was also been a guest on Bulletproof Radio and someone I featured in Moldy. And when they looked at my brain at that time from, I don't know if it was mold or lime. I, I suspect it was more mold given where I was living, but I had lime too. Yeah. Um, they, they looked at my brain scan and Dr. Hammond said, Dave, you have the brain of a hardcore street drug addict, like someone living under a bridge. That's what your brain looks like. And the guy who, who looked at my brainwaves back at the time, uh, one of the guys who trained with Dr. Amen said, Dave, inside your brain is total chaos. I don't know how you're standing here in front of me, much less getting your MBA at Warden while working full-time in a startup. Like, it's not possible that someone with a trash brain. But that's what happens, right? And so you have these high-performing people or average-performing people. It, it doesn't really matter. But they're capable of this, and they're doing this. But worse than that, and this is why you guys are on today, is that to do this is such a struggle. And uh. when you get it right, struggle is actually not noble. Struggling isn't doesn't make you a better person. It just wastes energy. Like when, you, when you're in control of your biology, it's not a struggle. You did it because you wanted to do it, right. right? And you might work really hard, and you might even fail because you don't know how to do it, or you haven't figured it out, but that's not struggling. You can fail without struggle, right? You can hit your limits, but you don't right. have to struggle. Struggling comes because someone's wrong, at least in the world I live in today. So. I'm sorry to get off my soapbox here, but like, <laughs> happy you guys box. are here to talk about it. No, because you just you got through the day by sheer will. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't have to be that hard. And then, like you said, opening all that energy—it's just a whole new, whole new reality. And and you did the same thing, right? With you know, you put one foot in front of the other to go on tour with YouTube. Yeah, with YouTube. <laughs> with YouTube. <laughs> it's easy to say, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but the experience was amazing because we sort of. As a long-term Lyme mold person with chronic infections, you kind of learn to live sort of outside of yourself. So I just kind of ignored my body yeah. and just... That's what happens. Yeah, it's sort of this dissociation that happens. And so while the experience was amazing, on, that, on one level, I was just not really even present for a lot of it. So just pushing through. But what a, what a, a return, return to life, you know, after 15 years and Brent 10. So Yeah. Yeah, it's... 
So yeah. we were talking about your story here, and I, right. I got on a soapbox and totally like thrown <laughs> on your story. Like, Screw your story, totally man. Dear mine. No, uh, but uh, how did you get Lyme? How did you know you had oh. Lyme? And like, what did it do to you? Like, like help me understand. Oh that. my goodness! You know, I, I came from um, an athlete standpoint. You know, um, graduated from LSU, ran cross country and track at LSU, high level competitor, and continued after I graduated working in industry. Uh, in manufacturing and um, doing triathlons. And I was training and running through trails, picked up a tick on a trail, took about seven days before I found it on me. Wow. And then just started itching in a, in a non so, Did you have the, place. the bullseye I didn't even rash. know. I didn't know to look. Okay. But I actually had to go to a doctor to get it pulled, removed because it was so swollen. But yes. they didn't give me any antibiotics. It's just because it was in Pensacola, Florida. And they don't have Lyme. Nobody even talks about it. Well, they do. They just don't know they do, right? Yeah. Right. right? <laughs> so... I'm moving along my life, you know, I'm, you know, going out, you know, I'm, 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 um, training, but everything starts to slip and I'm, and I was a very high performer at work, you know, when I was in college, you know, running, but everything started to slip, you know, alcohol tolerance gone, like overnight. One of my first symptoms, I didn't realize it, it took seven years before I finally realized something very deeply is wrong. And I started, you know, basically going online, learning, you know, everything I could self-help and thought I was having a nervous breakdown, a life crisis, <laughs> you know. And uh, finally, after seven, eight years, I found out I had Lyme. Finally got pushed in the right direction, dealing with people asking the right questions. Have you ever got bit by a tick? And I was like, actually, yes, I have. But the thing is, most people don't even realize. And the thing is, too, I was actually kind of sick my whole life, even before Well, that's really Lyme. key. Whole history yeah, of, of, of a life of allergies, Same. chronic sinus infections, Always just a little sensitive to the environment, a little ADD, you know. So it, it's, it's you know, it, these stories start matching up. The patterns start matching up. And, we see you know, a lot of it, yeah. You know, my lab, te- I luckily tested positive for it, but most people don't. But I was also doing other treatments going into that, so maybe it raised my immune system to catch it. You know, Dana got tested, you know, her doctor was telling her, how are we even walking around with these kind of lab results? Well, same, same thing. It's important to say misdiagnosed. Misdiagnosed. Six years, um, fibromyalgia, oh. and pain, it, inferno. You well, know. I'm, I'm going to piss off everyone right now. <laughs> I don't believe in fibromyalgia or chronic fatigue syndrome. I believe in you don't toxic, test positive for it. <laughs> I believe in toxic mold uh, or other neurotoxin exposure, and, and Lyme disease yeah. is another neurotoxin exposure. Those are the two yeah. biggest sources that I know of. You could also have like been swimming in you know toxic blue green algae water or something. But basically, these are neurotoxins, is what they are. Neurotoxins, heavy metals can throw on, you throw that in the group yeah. too. Yeah. And it's like, and it's basically we're this group of people who are super susceptible to toxins. Our bodies maybe not be able to you know dump the toxins right, and all of a sudden, for Dana, she's having the the the, the major pain, huge pain in joint and in, in, in fibro issues. Me, it was all no pain. Maybe it's because I'm an athlete. I don't know, but cognitive moods. Like anger, I'm just just yeah. Yeah, the anger, memory yeah. lost. I mean, it was that, and, and trying to be like race my way up to corporate America, you know, playing that the rat race, you know, that was that was started to get really hard, really yeah. fast. Two kids, I mean, it was it was it was, a tough, it was a tough time. You said something pretty important. There. You said you know you're you're more susceptible, and I would argue the three of us are probably canaries. Right. Absolutely. And like, I'm a canary who'll probably kick your ass. Like, like I'm fine <laughs> with that. Right. But because of that, I, I'm more aware of this. But I see this a lot in relationships where you have, like, in fact, uh, and Moldy, one of the couples we interviewed, they're both physicians. Um, one of them is sick, and the other one's like, I don't really feel very much. But 
the fact is that the kind of toxins that, that you get from Lyme disease or any of these other things, they contribute to long-term decline. They cause DNA damage, right? So just because one person's like, well, I feel pretty good, like you're still taking your hits. Your hits didn't hurt as much as they did on the next guy, but those hits didn't benefit you. Like you are going to live longer if you avoid getting Lyme, even if you're someone who gets Lyme and you feel better in six weeks and all, um, or you avoid whatever these other toxins are. And that's like a big a big tenet of, of both my, my healing from the stuff that I've dealt with, which is way more than it is normal for one person to have, but also someone who's never dealt with anything. Like the perspective of don't do stuff that makes you weak. I'm just better at spotting stuff that makes you weak because I didn't start out strong. Right, you guys are in that same situation. So I don't know what are the things that make you weak that the normal people who have Lyme or don't have Lyme. What what are the things that make you weak that you could not do? The kryptonites. Yeah, give me the kryptonite list. Oh gosh, I mean, environment, mold, being around mold at all. It's really? Completely, yeah. it's you know, I'm like you, a detector. Yeah. I had some of the highest mold they've seen. Molds, you know, sinus, whatever. Um, mold. We can no longer drink alcohol. We cannot eat gluten or any processed any processed food mm-hmm. pretty much i mean if i had a piece of fruit that's you know mm-hmm. non-organic so, so, I mean, so very sensitive non-organic fruit so let's say that someone doesn't have lyme disease and they're like all right i'm at the hotel i don't know if this is you know this piece of cantaloupe is organic or not yeah right so there's a level of kryptoniteness of foods right yeah, yeah. so you guys are pretty extreme if, if non-organic fruit makes you feel unwell like okay so you're really sensitive yeah like, I, I can eat non-organic stuff i just think it's not a very good idea yeah but i might eat non-organic vegetables at a restaurant because well it was better than eating the crappy chicken, which seriously, like I'm not eating right. industrial meat. That's just wrong. Like on every level, right? That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, so there's a level of, of sort of stuff that, that like, okay, like no one should do that. Yeah. Like um, what are some of the really big kryptonites that, that, you, that you spot? Like the things you're like, EMFs. Oh, really? So EMFs. EMFs, really Wi-Fi, you know. And uh-huh. big it doesn't mean that we don't, of course, we have an online business. So right. we're constantly in the Wi-Fi field. But we have to take breaks, and we, we know how to do that, and ground and earthing and all that yep. to, to recover. So now you've just maybe told half the people listening that you're total crackpots, right? <laughs> just kidding. Essentially. That's how we roll. That's how we feel. That's how we feel sometimes. You know what's interesting is, you know, there's a whole controversy in Lyme being chronic, and, you know, we've done treatments for years, you know, in, in the past, and personally, I've been three years without treatment, you've been about the same, um, and really kind of moved past it, but... There's always that, you know, lingering, you know, do we, do we still have Lyme or not? I still feel the environment. I still have that mold sensitivity. It's almost like when you get Lyme or, or, or major mold exposure, you know, if you're that sensitive person, we were sensitive before we had it, we still kind of stay sensitive. Our bodies are kind of stay tweaked after. And so we basically have to learn to live in different different set of rules. And that's really why we created Lyme Less, Live More. It's like, how can we really live more except what is? How do we like really learn to live more with a new set of circumstances? And just look, there's a whole life out there that's still beautiful. And to your point, we're making better choices now. Yeah, you can change the environment to suit your own biology. And it's yeah. totally true. Different people have different biological limits. And things that might make you weak are maybe okay for someone else. And this is where it gets a little bit weird. Like Wi-Fi, for instance. So yeah, we have Wi-Fi on right now. I, I recognize that Wi-Fi is something that makes biological systems, by and large, a little bit weaker. 
And some people who are on the cusp, it can, it, it's the straw that breaks the camel's back, right? Yeah. So if you only have this much resilience, you really want to be careful about Wi-Fi. If you have this much resilience, you still should be careful about Wi-Fi because it doesn't add anything. So having Wi-Fi makes life better because you can get access to data and things like that. It's really right. cool. But when you're asleep, That's seriously, it. turn off the Wi-Fi. Turn like, it, it doesn't cost you anything to do that. Yeah. Get right? your cell phone away from your head. There's so many little yeah. things. And, and so this is about risk management. And to say, well, it's not going to hurt me, you know, like I'm strong, like it's it's meatheaded that way. Yeah. You can say, you know, it's not that harmful for me. At least I don't think it is, even though, well, wait, there's a couple studies, but maybe I'm just going to choose to invalidate the studies because I don't like the results, which a lot of people do. And sometimes the studies are bad, like it, it's questionable. Yeah. Um, but no matter what's going on there, the argument for sleeping with Wi-Fi on isn't very strong. So if there's right. potential risk... Like everyone should do that. And if it's someone who's like, wow, I don't have the kind of energy that I once did. Something's really wrong. Maybe you should be more aware than others. And, and so I think you guys are doing a good job of taking a, a sick population and saying like, these are the things you can do to change the environment around you so that then basically it works to serve you or it doesn't make you as weak as it was before. That's right. We can create an environment in a lifestyle that actually you're, you thrive again and you're actually happier in a lot of ways. Your lifestyle much more rich well we're the canaries so mm. so we have to take steps and measures you know wi-fi to me is is i'm fine with it for a minute and then i start going down and so when you say going down like how do you feel um i start getting burning in my hands and my i get like a vibration no okay, no cool. but that's what when i'm in saturation you, when i'm sitting there for hours okay. there's only one wi-fi signal on the whole property okay so, <laughs> so it's usually when we, it's usually when we have the four computers open yeah but yeah. but something Klinghart says it's so beautiful mm. um to your point brent when you go through an infection or mold illness or something you have he calls it an energetic immune system so you know it's like when we walk into a moldy room you know you've got that spidey sense and you know how to take care of it so people will probably have a hard time with that but that spidey sense thing it's well documented like yeah if someone looks at your back, your skin conductivity will change. You don't have eyes in the back of your head that you know of, but you're, you know. And I interviewed uh, Mark Devine, who's a Navy SEAL commander. And it was like, do you know when you're in someone's sights if someone has a gun aimed at you? He's like, yes, you know. Yeah. And how do you know? Well, those guys train for years and they have this. But like you said, if I walk into a building with toxic mold, I can feel the change in my sympathetic nervous system. Granted, I've trained the crap out of my sympathetic nervous system. I know what it's doing. I know what my body's supposed to feel, and I know when something tweaks on it. I might not know what it is, but with mold, I pretty much know. Yeah. Right? And it sounds kind of crazy, but it's not crazy. Like, animals know don't go near the dangerous things. Like, they know when there's a predator around. And we're still wired that way, but we've just lost the connection. So what you guys have found, it sounds like, is that you need to... Uh, you need to get more in touch with that. And so when you walk into an environment that makes you weak, rather than saying, no, it didn't make me weak, even though it actually did, yeah, you're, you're acknowledging it, you're noticing it, and either you're changing the environment or you're moving where you go, which is a way of changing the environment. Like leaving changes the environment very quickly. Boundaries. Yeah. Learning to have good boundaries around that. And yeah. how many of us don't didn't have boundaries before? And that's one of the teachings yeah. of, of being sick like that. So speaking of teachings, yeah. um, you guys have like a whole program for people who um, have Lyme disease uh, to teach them how to sort of understand these things. 
what are like the big, kind of give me the bullet points in that? Because I think some of those bullet points apply to people who aren't dealing with a chronic illness, where they're people who actually want to build resilience into their life. Yeah. Uh, just kind of give me the, the, the basic structure of what you teach people with Lyme disease to do. Well, we have we have the core series. You want to start with the core series? Yeah, we have yeah. the core series, which you were a contributor for you know, yeah, a couple years ago. And, you know, that's really, you know, taking people through, you know, some, some basic physical pieces that, you know, we need to look for to start really overcoming, you know, Lyme and chronic illness. And we kind of, because it does open up, right? Not just Lyme. And then, you know, the mindset piece, which is huge. I mean, family huge. doesn't understand. Family gets tired of it. Friends get tired of the story. I mean... Five, ten years. You're still sick. Years. You're really? still sick. I saw you had a good day last week. So, yeah. are you faking yeah. it today? They just don't understand because we're all our environment's changing. Our bodies are constantly regulating and adapting, and we have good we have good days and bad days. So the mindset's huge, and our our beliefs, and then um, energetics, the Wi-Fi, the you know the the, the those other pieces, and then <laughs> beyond the core series, what we've learned and getting feedback from everyone is like you know. Where's you know we need to bring the people together so they can they can you know um, support community. each other community, and then we have uh, we started doing clean, seasonal cleanses where we are bringing people in and, and showing them like these are sensitive people and you know the this, the the normal you know hardcore cleansing doesn't always work. Mm-hmm. We basically have another set of rules and that's what we've identified and, and brought together to kind of gently you know um, help people learn more self care. Okay. It's, about self-care, it's about really. self-care, really. I mean, and, and, and we're trying to change the name, maybe, because cleanses sounds really it's scary, and it sounds like you're you're going to uh, uh, deplete yourself. And, and Sometimes it's more fun to just be dirty. I mean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> These are nourished. Mm. <laughs> people want to nourish and rebuild their bodies. You well, know, that's, that's so important. It's what's lost. And something that we, we talk about is there's so much information, and particularly for a Lyme, it's a lot to take in. Why don't we just do this together? Let's get some good habits, some adding some good Himalayan salt into your diet, you know, hydration, hydration um, looking at uh, looking at mindset, looking through different exercises. It's a it's a beautiful transformational program. Awesome. And seasonal. Where do people find out more about that kind of stuff? Because there are a good number of people with Lyme and mold or other people who are just like there's something I don't know what it is who might right. benefit from this. Um, what like what's the URL where should people go to learn more about this? Yeah, go to limelesslivemore.com and all the information is there. And you know, it's Lime Less because it's we're, it's not just about Lime. It's not just it's, about that, right? Yeah. We're, we're we're acknowledging and our community is growing. We're getting you know people with cancer, mold illness, of course, and it's it's about li- living more with it. That's really cool, and it it matters for people. I think there's a lot of people who are you have you hit a wall and then you're there. Mm-hmm. And you're uh, you're like okay, I'm going to do whatever it takes, and then you start paying attention to the inconvenient things. And certainly, I hit that wall. I'm like, let me spend all of my money and all of my time oh. fixing that, which happens to a lot of people. And I'm yeah. fortunate that I'm like, wait, I, I can actually do this, and then I can go way beyond where I, I used to be. Um, but speaking of hitting a wall, we're running out of time because I know you guys are here at Bulletproof Labs at my studios up here on Vancouver Island, and you have to get back for your flight. So thank you for coming up for the interview. The final question, though, that I'm not going to let you get away without asking, <laughs> and I'm going to ask each of you to give me two, because normally we say uh, top three things that you'd recommend for someone who wants to perform better at everything they do. I didn't say someone with Lyme disease. I just mean someone in general, whether or not they have a disease. So top three most important things, except since there's two of you, it's two and two. 
So Dana, let's start with your perspective. Two most important pieces of advice on earth for someone. I think, I really do think food okay. is, is, is a critical piece. Not just because of the nutrient, nutrient value, but also because it's teaching you self-care. It's teaching you to pay attention to your body, mm-hmm. to what you're bringing in. Um, and it's an interesting thing, having good boundaries. Cool. And you mean good and, environmental and boundaries or interpersonal boundaries? Interpersonal and, uh-huh. and not feeling um, afraid to take care of yourself and say no and, you know, go for those good habits. Awesome. Instead of trying to fit in, you know, like we used to do, that yeah. sort of faking it. Just have the pizza and beer even though you're zombified for a week. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Zombified is actually a word. Right? It, 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 it is. is it's a lime world. world. <laughs> it's a lime world for sure. All right. Thank you. Brett? Uh, it's all about understanding, you know, and it starts with it's the one is understanding yourself. What are my boundaries? What are my new set of rules? And really becoming more aware of that and just like having the confidence and, and just I'm going to do this for me and, and who care, you know, mm-hmm. not worry about others. And then yeah. and then it's on the other side of that, the understanding, you know, finding others who understand you. When you find other people who understand a community, it's like all of a sudden you're kind of accepted back into life. And, and, and that's can just be, you don't have to be alone. Here you don't have are. to do it alone. And it's <laughs> like, you're not alone. You're just not alone. It, it's hard to um, to find a community like that. Um, that's one of the reasons that I started the Bulletproof Conference. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to plug it really quick because, well, it, <laughs> it's, it's so relevant. But we have about a 1,000 people that we're expecting at the Bulletproof Conference um, October 23rd through 25th in L.A. Um, are you guys coming? We we just this trip we're like wait we're going we gotta, we gotta yeah, figure we gotta, that yeah. out. We you, just... you guys have passes for sure if you, if you want <laughs> right. to make the trip awesome. out there. But it's uh, it's the sort of thing where I wanted to hang out with people who are like you know I'm gonna hack things not not hack illness but like like hack wellness. It doesn't we're matter. Like, we're hacking all day. Build maximum resilience <laughs> and and just maximum performance. So to be able to spend you know, three days with a thousand people for me is like woohoo! Like I've been looking forward to this all year. <laughs> And and with maybe about three dozen companies bringing some yeah. cool toys to play with that, um, you know, you don't have to be sick to get a huge benefit from them. And if you are sick, you probably will. But if you're well, you'll still be like, holy crap, what just happened? That was an upgrade. So, so that's what it's about. And it's all about community. So you kind of struck a nerve for me there. I hadn't even thought about that. It's but. a beautiful thing. It and is. it's not to be um, under you. I mean, it's just, it's we need it. We're, we're a social species, social animals. And let's, but let's do the right communities, not the... The, the life-sucking ones, the yeah. vampire ones. Like, like we didn't do the, 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 the building ones, the... Cool. Yeah, yeah. The nurturing. All right. Well, I know you guys have to get for your, get out for your flight. So thank you, Brenda Dana from LimelessLiveMore.com mm-hmm. for coming here on Bulletproof Radio. Uh, have an awesome drive to the airport on sunny, <laughs> beautiful Vancouver Island. Thanks for having Thanks. us. It's been great here, Dave. Thank you. A little while ago, actually like two days ago, from when I'm recording this, I posted on Facebook a question that said, hey, give me your Q&A. Like, tell me the questions you want me to answer so I can answer them. When I do a longer episode, Dr. Mark and I usually sit down and go through the Q&A. But because we had time on today's episode, I'm just going to answer a couple of these, and I'll work on doing this sometimes just so you can get more of this kind of direct feedback. So pardon me for looking at my phone here, but I'm looking at our Facebook page that's live. So if you were to ask me something right now, I might answer it. First question from Matteo Tenzera. What do you think about brewing your coffee with a Chemex? So Chemex is very similar to a pour-over. In fact, I have the equivalent of a Chemex floating around in, in the Bulletproof Coffee Labs up here. And what it is, it's a big, rounded glass flask, and you fold a paper filter into a cone shape, and you pour the water over it very slowly. So basically, I'm a fan of doing that. The problem is that 
Paper filter adds flavor, which you don't necessarily want, and it can add chemicals, and paper absorbs coffee oils. Coffee oils have benefits. You can search what these are. Coffee oils also raise LDL, but they don't raise inflammation, as far as I can tell from the research that, that I've seen. So what you can do to get the more robust flavor, as well as to get the biological effects of the coffee oils, then you can get what's called an ABLE filter that fits inside your Chemex. This is a laser-printed stainless steel or gold filter. So you put the coffee in, you pour the water over it. Short answer is I like the Chemex. It's very similar to doing the Hario-style pour-over. And you could do a French press. Anything with a metal filter and water that's heated to above 175 degrees is ideal. Most commercial coffee makers use, or most home coffee makers, use water that's 175. You want to be closer to 200 when you're brewing good coffee. It's a huge difference. Um, Next one from Julie Fisher. Do you recommend taking a break from supplements ever? If so, how long and what would the benefits be? I absolutely recommend taking breaks from supplements. However, if you have gotten to a certain level of performance by using supplements and then you just go cold turkey and cut them off entirely, you're probably not going to like what happens if you do that for a long period of time. There's great evidence that for your antioxidants to work well, you should be pulsing them. That means take them for a few days, but skip a day every now and then. Don't take the same amount every single day. And one of the mistakes that I used to make when I started out on vitamins was like, okay, I'm going to be really religious about this. I'll buy a whole bunch of pill boxes and I'll do like two weeks at a time and I'll put the same thing. It doesn't work as well as, all right, this morning, I didn't get that much sleep last night and I worked out hard the day before. Yikes. I'm going to need more antioxidant, more adrenal support today. So I take more of those. On the weekend, you know, I didn't really have time. I skipped my vitamin C for a while. My cells were like, oh no, vitamin C shortage. What do you do? Well, this is called keeping your body in a state of of readiness. And you can cause hormetic change. This means stress that causes beneficial change. And by pulsing your antioxidants, you actually can make your antioxidant enzyme systems stronger. Or you could do what I do. I use ozone therapy occasionally. And ozone really makes your cells generate more of their own antioxidants. So yes, you should pulse your vitamins. You should mix them up. You should vary them. And don't take the same thing at the same time every single day, with a few exceptions. If you have thyroid problems or a specific thing you're treating, or say Himalayan salt in the morning to help your adrenals stay strong, things like that, yeah, do it every morning. That's going to be good for you. But the rest of the time, mixing it up is the best policy. All right, next question. Um, Dale says, can you fly me out to where you are, feed me amazing things, and pay me to be an assistant? Well, probably not, Dale. Sorry about that. But I am looking for someone out here on, uh, on Vancouver Island um, who could uh, who could help on some projects out here. So if you live locally, I'm, I'm up for it. All right, some questions about MTHFR, but I'm not going to address that right now because it's too long. Uh, let's see. There's so many questions here. There's like hundreds of them, so I'm going to just find some more. What are your thoughts on the HCG diet? It seems so awesome. I'm reluctant but curious. The research seems sound. This is from Frankie Ross Smith. The HCG diet is pretty interesting. What you do there is you use HCG, which is a hormone that tells your body it's pregnant, and you inject HCG. When you're pregnant, you partition your fat very differently. So the idea is you go on a very, very low calorie, like 400 calorie kind of diet, and you take HCG injectable. 
And what happens then is, in some people, they lose profound amounts of weight. It's a heavy-duty diet hack. I think there are easier ways and probably safer ways to lose weight, but this can be really, really fast. So the way that I recommend losing lots of weight quickly is called the Rapid Fat Loss Protocol, RFLP. There is a post about it on the Bulletproof site. It's not in the Bulletproof Diet book. And the subheading is how to lose weight faster than you really should. Whether you're using HCG as a diet or whether you're using another rapid fat loss protocol, your fat stores heavy metals, pesticides, hormones, and all sorts of other things that are not so good for your brain. And I've had countless people who go on rapid weight loss go, oh my God, I can't believe I need new pants, but I'm a zombie for two or three months because all those toxins get released at once. They overwhelm the liver and they mess with your head. So whether you're on the HCG diet or you're doing rapid fat loss protocol on the Bulletproof site or something else, take activated charcoal. Yeah, I make Bulletproof upgraded coconut charcoal, which is a very special kind of activated charcoal. But even if you don't do that, any charcoal you can get, upgrade your glutathione, get some more antioxidants. And losing weight at you know half a pound a day versus a pound a day, it's still really fast. But a pound a day, which is doable, and I've had people do that, uh, it, it puts you at risk of getting brain fog and just releasing all these toxins. It's best to bind them as you go. Use infrared saunas and things like that. So maximize detoxing when you maximize the rate of fat loss, whether it's HCG or not. I would recommend trying things without HCG before you start injecting HCG. Uh, the other use of HCG that is not dietary is that if you've been on testosterone therapy like I was for eight years under a doctor's care to have my levels at normal levels, not abnormal high bodybuilder levels, um, what can happen is you get testicular atrophy, basically your balls shrink. And when that happens, HCG is oftentimes used for a short period of time to trigger your body to grow them back to their normal size. A lot of guys in the 40 plus anti-aging crowd who are taking testosterone to maintain healthy levels, not to be like superhuman, but just to be like you were when you were 30 instead of like you're gonna be when you're 50. To do that sort of thing as an anti-aging therapy, sometimes they'll go on brief cycles of HCG to maintain uh, their fertility levels and to maintain testicular volume. So that's the other use of HCG that is medically warranted and is pretty useful. So HCG is a very powerful compound, and you should not mess around with this stuff without being under doctor's care. You can also have some other unusual things happen, like you can have female-style fat deposition if you inject HCG, where men start getting like female butts and stuff like that because their body's like, oh, you're pregnant? And if the body believes you're pregnant, well, weird stuff can happen. So HCG is not without risk, but if you're under a doctor's care, you're doing the HCG diet, and you're actually cutting your diet down, it's not just low-calorie, it's also low-fat, uh, there was no evidence about using like brain octane or some of like the weaker medium chain triglycerides like lauric acid that doesn't actually act like a medium chain triglyceride. Um, I wouldn't recommend using that for sure, but we don't know because with uh, the brain octane style fats, and that's just one of the four kinds of MCTs, your fat partitioning is different with that anyway. It tends to go to energy. So we don't have evidence whether using that on an HCG diet is different than just eating a zero-fat diet, but generally you want to be on a zero-fat diet when you're doing HCG. And I haven't actually used HCG diet kind of stuff because I would be concerned about all the risks. Um, but there's, there is evidence that it works. All right, that was a long answer to a kind of an interesting question. And uh, if, you're, if you like that, you can actually go out 
to the show transcripts on bulletproofexec.com. And you can click on that part of the transcript and we'll take you right to YouTube. You can get just that clip and you can put it somewhere. So anything that I say on today's episode or any other episode now, you can go in and we're the only website like this out there today because of SearchPoint where you can actually just click on any part of it and we'll give you that snippet on YouTube, which is really useful for you to like, not just say, Dave said this. You're like, hey, here's the video of Dave interviewing someone where they talk about this one thing that's really interesting to me or to someone else. So you can do that for the HCG stuff. I'm going to answer one more question, and I think we have time for that. If not, we'll have to cut this one out. There's so many questions here, I should have sorted through these, but I decided to do this at the last minute because I knew you guys would like this. Um, here's a question from Moss Woman. Okay, that's a cool European name, Eastern European, because you have no vowels in your name, Moss, which is cool, or Moes, however you say that. Um, you had a question about TMJ, like what do you do about TMJ? And there's a couple interesting things to know about TMJ. One is that this lockjaw sort of thing, the jaw stress that can happen here, it's tied into your your vagus nerve. And your vagus nerve is tied into all sorts of fight-or-flight responses. So if you have TMJ, your nervous system is broken. I did an amazing episode with Dr. Jennings, and we'll put the show number in the show notes here. And Dr. Jennings and I talked about realigning your jaw. You wouldn't know this from looking at me now, but my chin is a half inch forward from where it used to be. I didn't have surgery. What we did is we lowered my jaw by increasing the height of my rear molars and allowed my jaw to naturally move forward to take the pressure off of this part of my jaw. I had no idea, because you won't feel this if you're used to it, but for me just to chew, I had incredible amounts of jaw strain and tension. I didn't have formal TMJ symptoms, but I had nervous system stress, sympathetic overactivation, adrenal fatigue that can come from TMJ. So if you have TMJ, your chances of having the apnea are much higher. And my recommendation there is that you look at aligning your jaw properly, not just for cosmetics, but for optimal neurological function. This is neurological dentistry. The other thing that can trigger problems with, your, uh, with TMJ is actually neurotransmitters. So there are things like choline force, which is a supplement I make that raises your choline levels. It's one of the, the very affordable things. And I'll tell you flat out, I make this stuff. There is nothing special about the choline raising things. You can go to Whole Foods. There's a whole bunch of brands. We all charge about 25 bucks for a month's supply. There are some companies who will sell theirs for like $60 for a month's supply. It's the same stuff. What we're doing is we're giving you more acetylcholine building blocks and we're stopping your body's ability to break down acetylcholine. For about two-thirds of people, you're like, wow, I feel a lot more energy from acetylcholine. The other one-third of people get TMJ. They get tension up here. They get like muscle cramps. So what you need to do there is if you're taking any of the acetylcholine enhancers, including choline force, the one I recommend because we do all of our lab testing and because I formulated the thing, it's, it's really important that you look at that. It's also possible if you're taking lots of soy lecithin, which is another choline donor, or even eating tons and tons of eggs, if you are acetylcholine dominant, you may be getting TMJ just from that. So try tweaking the diet, but my guess is you're going to want to look at your jaw alignment and probably start sleeping with a a bite guard, a night bite guard, that allows your jaw to be aligned. So hacking TMJ is really important for your neurological health, your energy levels, for everything else. Hopefully that was really helpful. That was three questions. Have an awesome day. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. 
The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.